John, we don't even have time to introduce the name of our podcast this week. We have to get right into it because there's breaking news about two of your very favorite things on earth, two particular websites. So why don't we just get right into it, Johnny Boy, here on our podcast, Election Profit Makers, Stealth Podcast Announcements. What's going on with Twitter and predictit.org? Okay. Friday evening, there was breaking news. The Fifth Circuit ruled that the CFTC was wrong in telling Predictit to stop operating. This returns the case to district court with instructions to issue a preliminary injunction allowing the market to continue operating. And you're obviously just saying that off at the top of your head without reference to any sort of printed text, correct? No, no, I'm not reading that at all. No, legalese comes quite easy to me. Questions remain about whether the CFT's (coughs) retraction of the no action letter constitutes a final action. What that means is predicted one, the CFTC, the uh, the, um, Fifth Circuit, they were split. It was two to one. The two Trump appointees agreed that the CFTC sucks and that the government sucks and that anything, (laughs) anybody that's trying to get one over on the government, they're going to rule in favor. And in this case, uh, yeah, it's a it's a big win for predicted. And they, yeah, they're going to keep operating that those that deadline, which they have blown through, there will be no further deadlines. And why is predicted not there's no change on predicted.org. There's no new markets and they haven't even made a new announcement about this. Well, predict that they did make an announcement on Twitter a oh. couple days later. They didn't. I don't think it was it was immediate. There is a, was a statement from John Aristotle. So when can we expect new markets? I don't know. I don't know when we can expect new markets. Does this mean election profit makers is saved and that we can stop talking about these fucking birds and these fucking skylines and all this other ancillary bullshit we've been Are spinning we our saved? wheels with? This is a good thing for us? That, I don't know. That uh, predicted's back? Is that what you're mm. saying? I don't know. How are you feeling about it? Let's really drill down mi- into your I feelings. I had real mixed feelings when, yeah, when I first read it. I was like, Jesus, seriously. I mean, I guess it wasn't a complete surprise that it happened, but yeah, I'm nervous about getting sucked back into Predicted, right? Spending all my time. Uh, Predicted is a hot is a red light district for you on the internet. Does that yeah. make sense? It is a <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a great. It is a site of much temptation, and it holds the potential for very great uh, euphoria and despair. Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. And you will leave that website, and your pockets may be a little bit lighter than they were when you stepped across its threshold. Well, that has happened to us before, but it's been a while, right? Yeah, your most recent prediction. Your most recent. Experiences on Predicted, namely the 2020 election, were pretty positive. You made quite a few thousands of dollars. Yeah. Predicted says that this is a sweeping victory for prediction markets like Predicted and those who find value in the insights they provide. One of the highest courts in the country agrees that in 2014, Predicted was issued a license to operate, and the CFTC's attempts to take that away were unjustified. And what is the online reaction among? All the all our our fellow winners and cool people who bet on predicted. They, everyone is extremely excited. We're back. Uh, yeah, the win for degenerates everywhere. A win for democracy. A win for the collective wisdom of crowds. A win for new insights into the nature of political forecasting. A win for objective apprehension of reality and its many possible futures. Predictit.org is back. 
That's right. Would it be funny if we quit the podcast right now, just out of spite? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that would be. All right. So we'll see what happens. If there are more, mar- I mean, it's the timing could not be better for Predict It, right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. There's going to be so many RF Kennedy Jr. markets. They're just going to go crazy with the maniacs who want to invest in RFK Jr. Talking about how COVID was genetic. What was his phrase? It was ethnically engineered to spare Chinese people and Jewish people. Yes. That guy's a real wacko. I don't usually use language like that on our podcast, but I'm going to say he's a wackadoodle. Well, he denies that he said that. Yeah, but I could see him saying it, and that's all that matters. Well, yes, right? you can, you you can, can literally, literally see him saying You can that? literally see him saying it because it's on video. Oh, really? Is there footage of him saying oh, it? Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Oh, I hope Predicted has a lot of fun with RFK Junior Markets. That's terrific. Yeah. Let's move on to your other favorite website, John. I mean, this is a real one-two punch for you. Like, It's really amazing that these two websites, which have caused you so much agita, and delight over the years. They both have these breaking news. Now, earlier just now, you referred to a website called Twitter.com. And I'm like, son, I don't know what that is. Because as far as I can tell, there is no more Twitter. What's going on with Twitter? Yeah, the 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 platform, the company, the service formerly known as Twitter has rebranded to X. And uh, started. They, they've redirected the domain name X.com to Twitter.com, which is, I guess, a start. The big thing will be when they redirect twitter.com to x.com and then yeah it's like put up or shut up who cares if you redirect some website no one clicks on to twitter like you could we could do that with our website that's right we could redirect anything we want over there to twitter.com doesn't mean a thing but he did come out he said that a a new interim logo would be launched within the day I, i didn't think that would happen and i was wrong my prediction was wrong they actually did come out with a new logo Oh, wait, a new logo for Twitter? Yeah. I mean, a new, yeah, because Twitter is no longer. Twitter is now called X. So there's no more little blue bird and it doesn't say T. No, there's just now an X. Wait, if I go to Twitter.com right now, yeah, there won't be a little bird on the homepage? I got to no, see this. No, I can't believe there won't be a little bird on the homepage. I'm going to go to Twitter.com right ah! Okay. Is there an X there? Yeah, it's like... um. Looks kind of like an Art Deco X. It's one of those letters where some of the legs are skinny and some of the legs are thick, if you know what I mean. Well, it's from a font that was developed in the 60s, apparently, but it's taken, there's a, it's, there is a Unicode version of it. Okay. What does that mean? Oh, Unicode. How would you Never just, mind. I can tell you, you don't want to talk about it. Unicode. I'll, I'll figure it out. It, it, no, it's I'll a an information technology that's... Uh, you know, text expressed through most of the world's writing systems. Um, the Unicode Consortium runs it, and it's how you come up with different characters using keyboards, formatting codes. Wait, so this X that I'm looking at, and first of all, this looks absolutely preposterous because I'm I don't have a Twitter account anymore. So when I try to look at Twitter, it says sign into Twitter, sign in with Google, sign in with Apple, or your phone, email, or username. Blah blah blah. Right. But instead of the little bird above sign into Twitter, there's just an X which obviously is centered on the screen, which means it's right to the other X, which sits in the upper left-hand corner of this dialog box, which is where I would click the dialog box in order to close this box. (laughs) Right. So it kind of looks a little bit like an error X, like there's a JPEG that didn't load correctly, so there's just an X. And underneath it, it doesn't say sign into X, the site formerly known as Twitter. It just says sign into Twitter. It's a work in progress. You know, I think it's going to take some time 
to to move everything over to populate everything over to uh, the this new this new brand. I'm sure nothing will be broken in the process and there <laughs> won't be any confusion. And they've taken a brand, which is one of the world's top brands, Twitter. It's very recognizable. The logo of the bird, extremely recognizable. They've used this particular bird since 2012, I read today. And they've, you know, replaced it with this generic X, which looks terrible. Yeah, this font is you, and you're telling me this is not even a custom X. They no, just grabbed one no, off the I don't, shelf. I don't know how it, it. I don't know how they're going to keep this. I don't know how he can trademark this. And you know, in reading about logos, they try to design logos in a way so they so they they can be used in a, a bunch of different sizes. You know, uh huh. And that's something that really started to change in the last ten years, where you will see logos in small, you know, your small little phone. So when you're looking at this X on your phone as you're on Twitter or X, the X app, it just looks like, I mean, it looks like chicken scratch. It just looks like somebody, you know, it looks like an error. Wait, and, hold on a second. Did he name it X so that people will find themselves saying like, yeah, I was on X last night. <laughs> you were on ecstasy last night. <laughs> What'd you do? Go see Jamiroquai? Yeah. He, yeah. That joke probably will be made by him soon. So Twitter is no longer Twitter. Now it's called X. Is that going to take off and everyone's going to abide by that? So he's been obsessed with the letter X for years. Originally, his payment company that he built was called X.com. And then they merged with a company called PayPal and they decided to go with PayPal. He wasn't happy about that. PayPal for years owned the X.com domain name. And a broker friend of mine in the domain name industry actually was able to facilitate the sale of X.com from PayPal back to Elon. What year did that happen? Uh, four or five years ago. Can you give us a ballpark of what that one character domain X.com sold for? I'm sure it was over a million dollars. Okay. M maybe millions. Um, I mean, it's a great domain name. That's a that's a pretty cool domain name. It's not anything- No, it's not. It's very dumb. Okay. That's my counter argument. All right. But it's a terrible name for a company. I just started thinking about it today. Think of all the companies that are named with one letter. Uh-huh. None. There's no companies. Yeah, that's really true, isn't it? Are there any products? You know, there's products like the the Nissan Z. That's good. They're, 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 right, uh, but there's always a brand in front of this single character to help you place it in context. But there's no... For company names and product names, generally the sweet spot is like four to eight letters, something like that. You know, you've got Amazon and Google and Facebook. That's eight. Mm -hmm. Alphabet. What is that? That's uh It's a lot. Yeah. No, that's but that's not that's that's within that. Microsoft is the only one. I think that's nine. So they're really but, breaking out. Yeah. And then you don't see anything really short mm -hmm. out there. There's gotta be some two letter. Three M. Two characters, right? Yeah, there. that's a, and that's a strong name because even though it's two characters, it's referring to three characters, right? Three M's, right? That's right? Like it's a real intense name when you think about it. No wonder they invented sticky notes. They're probably some of the smartest minds in the biz. G E, that's one that can get away with two. Uh, T I, I don't know if you know that Texas Instruments. Texas Instruments, I don't, of I don't course know I know. What do you think? I'm, I think I don't know what Texas Instruments is. They made the sickest calculators of our childhood. But what if Texas Instruments changed their name to T? Yeah, it would suck. It'd be weird. 
And particularly with X, which is such a generic thing. I mean, imagine if you named your company E and then you were like, we're, it's E, it's the company about everything on, you know, electronic. And uh, we're going to have all sorts of services like e-banking and uh, e-mail will be a thing. And it's just all completely generic and all these, you know, eBay, e-whatever. But many of the products that they're going to offer, like Spaces, Twitter Spaces, which is a pretty decent product, is now going to be called X Spaces. But there, there actually is a company called, well, there's a company called SpaceX, but there's also a company called X Spaces. And then Twitter has um, something called Twitter Live. That'll become X Live. And xlive.com, I checked, is owned by Xbox. Isn't that a porn site, X Live? No, that's X Videos. So right, Twitter videos okay. will become X videos, and then there's a porn site called X video. It's just, it's just, um, as I, I was talking this morning, it's, it's. I think it's the reason that Apple went away from that I prefix. It just became difficult to be able to expand your product line without having conflict with other existing businesses. And I say this as somebody who, you know, myself operated a business that had an I in front of it for a long time. Right. So I think they're going to, I'm sure they thought about this. No, no, they, I'm sure he never thought about this, but this will be. I'm sure he hired a bunch of experts and paid them and, and listened soberly to their extended assessments about the best choice of action and then acted according to rational self-interest. So he wants to do payments. It's going to, you know, and, and there are companies already called XPay and XPayments and things like that. They're going to run into some real IP issues with with their brand. So this could be a great day, not only for all of us who love free speech and want to continue to support Elon, it could also be a great day potentially for the holders of any domains that already exist with X in the front of the domain, like X payment, Absolutely. X sports, X messaging. Yep. Those people are probably rubbing their hands together with glee. They're like, this idiot is actually going to pay me seven figures for this stupid domain that I <laughs> that I registered in 1998 when I thought I was going to start the new X Games skateboarding company <laughs> right. or something. No, that's and that's what happened with Meta. There were all these Meta domains that people and then people just started registering all even more after the fact. And Facebook slash Meta purchased a lot of them. Why are you stoked on the single character x.com domain if every possible business that could be spun out of it you think is stupid because there's already going to be an x something something already out there? What is the value of this single character domain then? Other than its novelty. Right. I love the novelty of it. Um, I do think that the only only companies now that I think about it they could get away with something like this like a one character rebrand like that would have to be a massive company if Amazon were to change their name to see I love Amazon because it that name because it can just mean anything um it, you know if if Amazon had been called books.com when they were originally just selling books that would have really limited them Right, because then people will be like, let me get this straight. You're buying diapers on books.com? The books can't be that bad to wipe your baby's butthole with. Right? They would make a right. joke like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So maybe, you know, I've heard Elon's a genius. Maybe it'll work out. Uh, my issue with this X.com rebrand is it would be one thing if it was some other company. But the fact that it is that Elon Musk 
is driving this decision and it's his longtime dream to have everything branded as X. And because he is just an idiot man child, mm-hmm. it would be like it would be like if we were in seventh grade and we said, from now on, our company is called Gatorade Frost, the coolest thing in the world. You know, it's like this obsession, this adolescent obsession with X that he never grew out of. And now he's going to try to make this world-beating company where everything is filtered through the X lens. It it just reinforces, I think, a lot of negative perceptions about this guy. That he's acting out his his adolescent fantasies now, and he's going to bring the he's going to wrap all of his companies and all his all of his brands up in it. You know? Yeah. When they changed the parent company name to X Corp, which they did uh, a couple months ago. I think people thought that was weird or, or you know, strange. But I didn't really have a problem with that. I mean, Google did that with Alphabet. Facebook did that with Meta. Yeah, no one cares about that stuff. It's not on the actual product people are right. using. Right. Everyone's upset about HBO Max suddenly becoming Max. But it really – HBO still exists out there. It's an umbrella under the Max brand. But that rebrand is further downstream and closer to the end user than like naming Google Alphabet. I mean, even that one, right? that's different. Yeah. Okay. But this one, I mean, you know, the product, we call it tweets. We call it, it's just. Yeah. What is he doing? I don't know. It, it Are feels you going to be like, allowed to say it's tweeting? I, it feels like when Prince changed his name and it didn't really take and it was just became the, it's not totally the same because that was just a visual symbol that didn't. Right. The artist it. formerly known as Prince. And he did that to get out of a, con, a label contract. He couldn't release music as Prince under that contract. Yeah, yeah. No one is ever going to call Twitter X. No one is ever, ever, ever going to do that in a million years. No one is ever going to do that. I kind of think you're right. Sort of like the Sears Tower. Right. It, it's not, it's probably not going to take. Um, I feel like that logo is not going to stick around. I feel like this logo, logo is not looking too good to me. I because will say. one of the things, because it's Unicode, you can actually Twitter now has this thing. If if you're verified, you can have your little verified blue check mark beside you. But then if you pay a little bit extra, you can add your own company's symbol up there by the by the Twitter thing. Maybe he is a genius. So, but with this X, which is generic and anybody can create in Unicode, I can put an X by my name. The exact same oh, X. Like, Al- almost the exact like you're same official, X. Like you're employed by Elon Musk. That's right. Like you work at this company. That's right. So now, now I if I if I were verified, it would really look like that. Now it would be X and then it would show it would show the X first and then it would show the little verified symbol. For the true people, it verified symbol and then x but it's it's close enough that it would confuse people you know it's it's how people confuse subdomains sometime uh-huh if you go to a subdomain that is bank dot bank of america dot com then then you know that's bank of america because bank of america and dot com but if i'm a scammer and i own bank dot com i can send something from bank of america dot bank dot com that's right and, that, and I'll make all sorts of money from people who aren't as who aren't that's as savvy right. and as I you wouldn't are. fall for that scam because I know, you know, domains and how they work. But a lot of people would, right? And a lot of people are going to fall for this scam when people put that X and the uh, verified symbol together. 
Is he going to try to trademark the letter X? I don't know. I, do, I, I don't know. It's, it seems difficult. It seems like it would be. I hope difficult. we get a lawsuit, John Doe v. Elon Musk. Because remember, John Doe was one of the singers along. Who who else was in X? X seems to serve the L.A. band from the 80s. X. Called X? Yeah, they were just called X. Well, no, I don't think that I don't think that they can make a case because, you know, they're they're in different they're in different genres. So if there is a company, if there's a platform company that calls themselves X platform that offers uh, messaging and, uh, you know, other type of services, then I, I think they could potentially sue. And I'm sure there is a company out there. I'm sure everything, there's probably xcommunications.com and xmessaging.com and xpayments, xservices. Um, yeah, maybe xvideos will sue. Oh, I hope they do. Actually, that would be the worst lawsuit of all time because Elon Musk would have so much fun being sued by a porno company. He makes so many tweets about, right. I'm sure we could settle this out of court in the bedroom where we have intercourse or some stupid, you know, like even that was a better joke than one he would make. He would make yeah. the dumbest jokes ever. That's true. So these two websites, predicted.org and twitter.com have been a huge part of your life for the past, I don't know, almost 10 years now. 10 years? Not predicted. Right? Predicted. Not predicted, but Twitter, definitely, right? Oh, Twitter, 15 years. So how are you feeling about these news items overall? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm interested and I'm curious about what's going to happen with predicted. I think it'll give us a lot more options uh, to talk about things, assuming that it, it can expand and add more markets. In, in terms of x.com, I, I don't think it's going to change much. I think it's just going to create a lot of work for the employees there and people that have to rebrand and make new business cards that say, you know, follow me on X or, I mean, it's just, I don't see what they're getting out of it. It really reminds me of like if after the Titanic hit the iceberg and it's starting to like go a little lopsided and things are getting a little wet inside, the captain is like, we are renaming the ship HMS Turbo Fun or something. We're renaming the ship F. T. We're just going to name it T. Yeah. Repaint the side of the ship. T. Everyone's like, oh, have you heard this sinking ship we're on is now called T? Isn't that cool? It sounds much better. But so here's another possibility is that maybe he wants to sell the Twitter IP, the Twitter name, the Twitter trademark, because that it has a ton of value. And I'm thinking, yeah, my first thought was, well, what what if they sold the Twitter domain name and assets, I mean, to to Jack and his Blue Sky company. And then they just became Twitter. What would, why, how does changing X- Why would Elon do that? Because he needs a ton of money. No, I understand why he would sell it, even though it's like worth half of what he paid for it. What, what does the X.com rebrand have to do with that potential strategy? You become X.com, the X rebrand- and you're able to sell the Twitter assets because that's one of the most valuable things of this company that is bleeding money. It's just it, the name and the it's logo. It's just the and name. The, right. So somebody's like, okay, well, we'll buy the Twitter name. Just like people have bought all sorts of uh, damaged brands. You know, Newsweek, people think it's still Newsweek. It's not Newsweek. It's not the Newsweek of our parents' generation. That's for damn sure. That's right. So Twitter would, this wherever this new Twitter went, you know, maybe Donald Trump buys it and then True Social becomes Twitter. But we'd all know it's not really 
Twitter. You know, it's like the Charlotte Hornets, you know, they, they moved to New Orleans. They became the New Orleans Hornets. And then Charlotte got an expansion team called the Charlotte Bobcats, which everybody hated. And then the New Orleans Hornets decided for one reason or another to change their name to Pelicans because it, it probably had more of a local flavor, but also then they could sell the IP back to the owners of the Charlotte Bobcats. And now the Charlotte Bobcats are the Charlotte Hornets again. Is that true? It went full circle? Yeah, it went full circle. I never heard about that. Yeah, that happens in sports a lot. Sports. So now that we've caught you all up on website news, let's turn our attention to our predicted portfolios. Nothing has changed. Let's move on. Okay. Let it be said that my recently expressed opinion that I would prefer to view the Titanic through a safe submersible rather than walk on the surface of the moon for an hour if my safety were guaranteed was yet another hot take by Kid Midas that was a little too hot for all the dummies in our audience. We got some very, very spirited feedback from many people who could not grasp the concept of the sublime, what I was talking about, the chills that I would feel as I sat peeking through the window of my submersible in the dark, and then the lights, the headlights of the submersible slowly started to, to illuminate a huge, massive shape forming in the darkness, coming into view, coming into my focus. And then with a gasp, I realized that's it. That's the Titanic. I am looking at the Titanic. I am closer to the center of the earth than I have ever been. I am at a depth where only the most profound thoughts will cross my mind. And here I am staring face to face with the Titanic, as opposed to me being on the moon and being like, look at me bouncing around. Isn't this fun? It's like I have springs on my shoes. And look at that big blue dot. That's the planet Earth where I live. Ho-hum. Give me the Titanic any day. Let's read one. Let's read one typical listener feedback. We're not even going to dignify this listener by mentioning their name, but John, why don't you read this missive from this angry listener? Okay. This angry listener writes in the moon. It's all capital, all capital letters, moon, the moon floating in space or the fucking Titanic. Are you kidding me? Any cruise ship on the sea today is a bigger engineering feat than the dumb Titanic. Why do you care about this thing? A real piece of history, eh? Just watch the movie. They basically rebuilt it and you can actually see it. You want to look through a tiny window in the dark at a bunch of sunken dishes? Jeez, John, you are correct. David is wrong. What's a more unique experience? A thing millionaires can go see anytime they want that's actually been filmed by GD James Cameron or a walk on the all capital goddamn moon. Childish? Are you kidding me? Some of the very few privileged that have actually gone to the moon are so moved by the experience that they need intensive therapy to get over the existential impact. I would understand if David thought that standing on another celestial body would be too mind-rocking to face, but going to see an old sunken boat from not even really all that long ago does not even begin to compare. I just can't believe it. Okay, so this listener... This guy is mad. First of all, the way they spell G's is so fucked up. They spell G's G. 
They spelled it like ghee, like the Indian butter. They spelled it G H E E Z. So and they spelled obviously their entire right after it. Yeah, they put a H in John and then an H in G's. Yeah, this guy went H crazy. Yeah, he did. Uh, and for the record, let's state for the record to anyone who writes us, John has no H in his name. We've never expressed that, I don't think, explicitly, but it's time you all knew that it's short for Jonathan. And as such, there's no H in his name. Now, obviously, we can't. you can't help not knowing the thing you don't know. But now that you do know, let's remember that my name is David and John's name is J-O-N. Now, turning our attention to this maniac who wrote me all upset, I think what they're referring to is the overview effect, right? Which is that thing that astronauts have where, well, let, I'll read it. So overview effect. This is, this is from wikipedia.org, the famous website. The overview effect is a cognitive shift reported by some astronauts while viewing the Earth from space. Researchers have characterized the effect as, quote, a state of awe with self-transcendent qualities precipitated by a particularly, by a particularly, by a, oh my God precipitated by a particularly striking visual stimulus. The most prominent common aspects of personally experiencing the Earth from space are appreciation and perception of beauty, unexpected and even overwhelming emotion, and an increased sense of connection to other people and the Earth as a whole. The effect can cause changes in the observer's self-concept and value system and can be transformative. Now, so they, it's the same as doing shrooms. It's the same as doing shrooms are the same as looking at the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. It, it, it will, it, it's a, it's an experience of the sublime, I think is the easiest way to say that. And when I say the sublime, I mean, in the Kantian sense of the sublime, which is not just something that's just totally cool, but is like, has a feeling of awe and terror. Right. And coupled, I think with a sense of beauty, which is what I'm getting at. And years ago, when I interviewed the famous astronaut, Chris Hatfield, we talked about the overview effect and he experienced it. And he said it was like pretty incredible. You're floating in space, looking down at Earth, this thing that you spent your whole life on and that most people have never left. And you know that everything that's ever happened, happened right down there on that little planet. Like that's intense, you know? Yeah. Everything from everything from Woodstock to Woodstock 99, it all happened on the same planet, right? Yeah. From X, the band. To X marks the spot, to X, the hottest new social media platform. It all happened on that little blue marble that I'm looking at. And you're up in space and you're crying and you're bouncing around. You're having so fun. You're like, I wish I had a basketball hoop up here. I could do a slam dunk. Meanwhile, I'm down in the depths looking at the Titanic. My body is covered in goosebumps. I'm weeping for the lives that were lost, that, are, that, are, that, have, been, that have been eaten away by the sea life down in, this, down in this midnight black cold grave. I'm thinking of all the people who have died at sea, all the creatures who live down here that we'll never experience, how there's more life in the ocean than there is on the moon and how the ocean is 20 times better than the moon. So anyway, I just want to say thanks to everyone who gave it their incorrect feedback about how I had made the wrong choice between going to the moon and going on the Titanic. And um, if it would make any of you guys feel better, I would totally go to the moon if it was all, like my trip to the Titanic. <laughs> my price point remains a firm $500. Uh-huh. I would definitely go to the moon for $500 if my safety was guaranteed. I'm just saying that if I had to rank these things, given my current state, my current mental state where I'm at, I would mm-hmm. prefer to go look at the Titanic rather than to look at the Earth as a whole. So that's that. I also want to say that we heard from one friend of ours, John, whose wife was very upset that I chose the Titanic over the moon. And all I will say to that individual is you're the person who thought you could eat 50 hard-boiled eggs and live. Okay, so let's not, let's, let's remember, let, let's remember 
who is who is sane and who is insane. Because she once said she could eat 50 hard-boiled eggs. She said, quote, it would just be like eating 50 heads of iceberg lettuce. <laughs> the greatest, the great, <laughs> the greatest thing I've ever heard someone who say. Who is this? Oh my God. I'll tell I'll tell you okay. um off mic. Yeah, tell me off mic. All right, John. We got a we got an exciting update from listener Tanya, who bought tickets for the Miami soccer team that Lionel Messi joined. Tanya says Tanya here with a Ticketmaster portfolio update. As you may remember, I invested in some tickets to see Charlotte FC play Miami FC based on a rumor that Messi would be joining the team. Here's how it played out. 20 minutes after I bought the tickets, Messi made the announcement on social media that he intended to sign for Miami. Amazing. I watched as all of the ticket inventory changed from available to sold. A sea of blue seats changed into white seats. It was extremely fucking exciting. I knew this was definitely happening when I saw that Miami pulled all of their home game inventory. They are the last place team in the league, and they mysteriously had no tickets on sale for the entire rest of the season. That being said, I am terrible at investing in tickets. It would have obviously made way more sense to buy four tickets and then sell a pair. But I was so hyped up, I didn't think it through, and I only bought three tickets. They keep releasing more sections, so there's some new inventory. But then people are trying to sell them for outrageous amounts. There are $150 tickets next to $1,900 tickets. Yes. What will the market bear? Anyway, I'm currently holding two tickets, and I have the third available for resale. Let's just say I priced it high. My dad is a massive soccer fan. When I told him I was going to try to sell the tickets for a profit, he said, or we could just drive there. The stakes are extremely high. In 2019, I convinced my husband to go to Barcelona for our honeymoon. That week, Messi had a hamstring injury and did not play. This isn't like Taylor Swift. You buy a ticket to Taylor Swift and she's going to be there or the thing is canceled. Sometimes you buy a ticket to see Messi and he isn't there that day. It's just the other guys. I hope to not find this out while driving from Toronto to Charlotte with my dad. In the meantime, happy Women's World Cup. Excited to watch the U.S. women duke it out with Canada in the final. Fingers crossed. Congratulations to Tanya for timing her purchase correctly. And I hope she has fun at the at the at the soccer game, and I hope she gets to see Messi play. Yeah, and I hope she sells that third ticket for five hundred dollars, the same price that I would pay to go to the moon or to go look at the Titanic. Well, Messi's first game was really exciting; hit the game-winning goal. Mm. I don't know if you saw that. I saw it on X. Oh yeah, yeah. Someone Xed about it. Yeah, I saw the video. You saw it on, on X, X videos. I saw the video. I saw that Messi video on X. Nice. Yeah. I also saw some messy videos on X videos. That was well done. Wait for it. <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, I also nailed it on X videos. I saw someone nailing uh, okay. it on X. Okay, all right. Oh my god, enough. Let's get our minds out of the gutter. Last week we posted a Patreon special field recording of some frogs that I recorded in uh, along Weaver Dairy Road in Chapel Hill, and I, I'm going to take the liberty of reading a comment that we got from one of our Patreon supporters, John. Listen to this. This is a rave review. John says, "Ah, this stuff is sweet herpetological music to my ears." Nice. I listen to frog calls three to four nights a week, 
and upload my findings to Frogwatch. <laughs> what? Whose URL is frogwatch.fieldscope.org, which is a URL that is 50 times more badass than x.com. But I'm in Connecticut, John continues, where we have only nine species of frogs, and it's pretty easy to identify the four to five that are active at this time of year. I have no idea what these North Carolina frog calls are, except for the common green frog that chimes in with a solitary twang every now and then. I just looked up North Carolina frogs, and there are apparently 28 species in your state. Hell yes, North Carolina number one for frogs. This wonderful webpage provides the calls of all of them. And then we go to herpsofnc.org slash frogs dash and dash toads. Another URL that is 50 times tougher than x.com. Based on this, John continues, my best guess is that we're hearing a chorus of green tree frogs. Some North Carolina frogs not heard on your field recording, but worth checking out are the barking tree frog and the Carolina gopher frog. John concludes with the simple imperative, keep the frogs coming. Oh, John, it will be our pleasure. In fact... As I look through our growing stockpile of listener-submitted field recordings, I think we do have some frog calls on deck. All right. If I can just tease some future audio in upcoming episodes. You want frogs, we're going to give you frogs. John, what did Christian write in to say? Allow me to present you a bird recording. I live in Minneapolis. All hail the Lake of the Isles pencil, just a few blocks north of George Floyd Square. The trees around our apartment building usually teem with house sparrows, but today I heard an old friend as I was taking out my trash and recycling on this beautiful 76-degree day, what do I hear pierce the city buzz but the unmistakable two-tone song of the black-capped chickadee? As soon as I heard it, I pulled out my phone and hit record. Please enjoy this soundscape of cars going by, my neighbor playing hip-hop on his porch, and the humble black-capped chickadee above it all. Thanks for all the hours of pure entertainment. All right, folks, we travel now to Minneapolis to listen to the black-capped chickadee. And we're back. John, what does Philip have to say? This is a clip of a hermit thrush singing on a beautiful day in Pisgah National Forest in western North Carolina. Hermit thrush coming up. And we're back. John, what does Stephanie have to say? This is a scimitar babbler male-female duet. Enjoy! 
<laughs> oh my god. Scimitar babbler. These birds do not stop. Scimitar babbler. And we're back. John, what does Stephen have to say? Stephen writes in, what is the loudest place in the U.S.? I'm talking biosphere only, human activity not included. I'm talking about highest peak levels, not average levels. Winter is quiet as hell. Hoping John can figure it out. This is a really interesting question because he's talking about just natural sounds, right? He's talking about like... What does that, what would that be? The loudest rushing river and the loudest avalanches and the loudest animal calls? Yes. And my first thought was it would be someplace that had a, you know, an environment that was pretty tropical, lots of trees and, and, and definitely not a mountainous desert type area. You're thinking that because you're thinking of animal sounds as being the sounds that would make it the loudest, right? Exactly. Yeah. But what about like Niagara Falls? Niagara Falls must be pretty loud, right? Yeah, I guess so. So let me just tell you that the the research on this has been done, and but I don't know if it's peak sounds or if it's just average. So the right. National Park Service did a natural sounds project and released a map you know, depicting a typical summer day from coast to coast. And if you look at the map, it's pretty much what I thought. Places like South Florida, Uh just just around Gainesville is when South Florida gets particularly noisy. And all- Because people are always recording voice memos and sending them to their favorite podcast hosts. That's right. That's right. And the Miss, along the Mississippi Valley, all the way down into Louisiana, just kind of swamp land, sort of the swampy land on the inner, inner banks of eastern North Carolina. That's another place. And another thing I thought is some of the places that are the loudest are actually pla- are, are places, at least in the east, are places that are also have the least amount of light pollution. It seems like those tended to come together. Although now I'm seeing Long Island is particularly loud. Hmm. Does that surprise you? I mean, is it waves crashing on the beaches? In the Hamptons where I spend my summers with my millionaire friends shunning Alan Dershowitz? Have you ever been in the desert? Yes. And I'm going to go to the desert later this week, I think. I'm on a road trip, everybody. I'm driving across the country on a vision quest and I'm in I'm in Illinois right now. I'm actually recording this in my sister-in-law's office here in Illinois. And um, I went to a certain prestigious liberal arts college uh, yesterday, and we'll talk about that in future episodes. But yeah, I might go to the desert and see what's going on with all this heat. Now, I'll bring plenty of water. I'm not doing it as a goof or a stunt. I'll definitely be safe. A couple of people have died. I know. It's no joke. It's absolutely no joke. It is no joke. But it's really quiet in the desert. That was the one thing that I, I noticed. When I was out near Death Valley, it, it sort of blew my mind. I think that may have been before I developed tinnitus, though. And now, if I were to go to the desert, it might drive me insane. Right. It'd be like being in one of those anechoic chambers where you can hear your blood moving through your veins and stuff. <laughs> That's right. So I'm curious to hear how, how, it, how it sounds to you. So let's get back to this research. What is the loudest 
What environment has the loudest peaks of natural sounds? Uh, I mean, it's it's wetlands. I can't believe a wetland is louder than a waterfall, though. A waterfall is so... The problem is it's white noise and there's no variation. So after a while, you don't register it as loud. I can't... They don't break this down into like an Excel spreadsheet so I can see where everything particularly ranks. So it's just a map that they released. I'd like to see that internal data because it does look like up around the Great Lakes of New York, that they are louder. Water is loud. Water is loud and it's wet and it's strong. And that's why water is number one. The stuff of life, they call it sometimes. A clear, refreshing drink, it has also been referred to as. But if you you're look- is You're a sight for sore eyes. You're a, aren't you a tall drink of water? There's a reason that water is always coming up in conversation and in our aphorisms and our turns of phrase, because it is the most important thing on this planet. It's what separates us from the lower species. We have so much water and we can drink a glass of water. Okay. And we can pour water on our head and then shake our head back and forth and the water will spray off to the delight of all the passersby. Okay. I have something else to point out here. Another area that struck me as being pretty loud, louder than you know much of the Southeast, is the Midwest in, in uh, parts of Illinois. Also, in the Plains states, go, going from like central... Kansas, central Oklahoma, down into Texas, the into central Texas, there's a big swath of loud areas. Is that wind? That's got to be wind, right? Oh, fuck. I didn't even think. I'm, a, I'm so hung up on water. I didn't even think about wind. It but, must be wind because wind can be as loud as hell. Right. How do you how do you measure how loud wind is? Is tor- are tornadoes loud? I don't mean the destruction yeah. like when they hit a yeah, house or something, loud. but the actual tornado must be loud. They're right? really loud, but I don't know how you record that stuff because doesn't the loudness it, it uh, not the mic affect all that? I mean, you don't need to record it for the purposes of our research. We just need to have a um, decibel reader. Oh, you're right. Think about it. Yeah, it's just the decibels. Yeah. So this makes sense because Oklahoma is probably like the windiest place in the country. I forgot about wind. You cannot forget about wind, especially if you're on the water. Isn't yeah. that interesting? So that's why Long Island is so loud. Because of the wind. The wind. See, I was thinking about things that are alive. The wind is not alive, but it is part of the environment. Now we're spitting truths. Yeah, exactly. I actually think that in the end, even though when this when this listener sent in this question, my thoughts immediately turned to what is the screechiest place on earth with the most annoying screeching and yelling, like the jungle, like you're talking about, because mm-hmm. that's what you think of when you think of loud, like, will you people to keep it down? I'm trying to study for my jungle exams. Me, Tarzan, you monkeys too loud. But if you're actually talking just purely in terms of decibels, yeah, I don't think it's the animal kingdom, man. I think it's water. I think it's wind. I think it's the elements. Yeah. And also, I want to stick up again for avalanches and rock slides because those are pretty quiet. Yeah, well, they when must not have had any. mountain collapses, that's pretty cool. <laughs> what about a volcano? I bet a volcano is loud. Yeah. This earth, this little dear planet earth will just never shut up. You know what I mean? Like, it's always got something going on. Yeah. Earthquakes are probably loud. Think about it. It's a, it's a, it's a miracle we get a moment's peace on this fucking planet, and I said it. Yeah. How do you record an earthquake? Mm-hmm. Because you're probably just picking up everything else that's shaking. 
how do you know what's the earthquake and what are the secondary effects of the earthquake, namely like the buildings that are falling yeah, down? Yeah, if your decibel station is out in the middle of nowhere and picks up an earthquake, then you would know. Right. Okay, I'm going to hmm. look that up. How loud is an earthquake? How loud is an earthquake? That's a great what question. What if it was as loud as a jet airplane, like 100 decibels? Oh, I'm sure it's 20 times loud. Fucking earth. You think a jet airplane is louder than an earthquake? Have you completely taken leave of your senses? Really? An earthquake is going to be 50 times louder than a jet A jet airplane. Get out of here. What are you, 11? Do you think an earthquake is louder than a bulldozer? The loudest thing ever? The bulldozer that goes and puts the dirt in a pile? Come on, kid. Grow up. You're like X.com guy. Holy Elon crap. Musk. Yeah, here we Holy. go. Speak to it. What do you have? Okay. Well, it says a... Well, it says a, this is from swiftaudiology.com. So who, who knows? And it says a 5.0 Richter earthquake. We don't even use the Richter scale anymore. So a strong earthquake such as this reaches a decibel level of 235. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm telling you. Yeah. I had no idea an earthquake was loud. I just thought it was a You're really gonna. You really want me to hold on? You really want me to leave that in the show? You saying I had no idea an earthquake was loud? People are really gonna question your intelligence. Well, no, you I thought, really, you truly had no idea an earthquake was loud. I, I had an idea that I know an explosion is loud, um, and okay. I know that lightning and thunder is loud, and I know that an earthquake makes noise. It's just like, I mean, in the movies, it just goes. It does. True. In the movies, it does go like that. But people aren't holding their ears. If it truly it's is. It's because they're running for their lives. Yeah. No, I didn't know. Leave it in. I don't care. All right. Good for you. Yeah, I'll leave it in. And I'll leave in me saying something stupid also so that they know we're of okay. equal stupidity. thanks. Not one of us is smarter than the other, yeah, all right? I appreciate that. I'll remind everybody that when I was in college taking a sociology class, I thought paradigm was pronounced paradigm. There. Now we're even. <laughs> awesome. All right, John, let's end this episode because I have to get back on the road and continue my vision quest as I make my way across the interior, the heartland, the flyover states of this glorious country we call the United States of America, which is unfolding its many bounties for me, the weary traveler, who has much to discover, much to experience, and many, many desert miles to drive through while I sob in my car, which I'm looking forward to. So, John, without further ado, why don't you read the closing credits to our podcast, Election Profit Makers? Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. If you sign up for Patreon, you'll receive some wonderful EPM stickers in the mail. Send your election prediction questions and bird recordings to contact or frog recordings to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. If you want to advertise with us, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And with that, we say goodbye and we'll talk to you later. Bye. You really did know that an earthquake was extremely loud. Dude, I didn't have to think about it for 10 seconds. That's but the this, kind of question that I never thought of in my life. And then as soon as it comes. What? But it makes it sound like it's as loud as a volcano. You've been to some.